You are tuning in to the Atlanta Realtors Rundown, the official podcast for the Atlanta Realtors. We're here to keep you updated with the latest trends, topics, and keep you in the know of our ever-changing Atlanta market. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to the Atlanta Realtors Rundown. I am your host today, Matt LaMarche. Thank you so much for being here, for checking us out. Also for subscribing, there it is. Only took a second or two, <laughs> but we appreciate you being here, sharing the episodes with us. Uh, you know, this is really our opportunity to share with you great information. Today's no exception to that. And uh, I'm super excited for our guest today, uh, who is not just a real estate coach, but also a real estate agent, a consultant, someone that is really admired, not just throughout our industry, but in the business world in general. Um, she's made quite a little uh, splash here in Atlanta recently with our business planning uh, workshop that we just completed today. But I am excited to introduce you to Miss Amanda Dahl. Thank you so much for doing this today. Thanks for having me. You know, I'm glad this is on replay because that's going to be my intro now oh, all the time, everywhere I speak. <laughs> it's just going to be your voice introducing me. Well, uh, you know how much I love what you stand for and the way that you go about doing your business, which I think is really important. Um, not just how much money you make, but how you go about making your money is really important. And, and that resonates with our clients in real estate, just like it does in your business. So for those that have no idea who Amanda all is, give us like the Reader's Digest two to three minute version of that real quick. Yes, Amanda Dahl, Tampa Bay, Florida, pink and sparkle. Those are probably the most important things you need to know about me. Um, so I've been in the industry since 2015. And what I, I really love about my story and what's unique is I came in as an executive assistant to a guy who wanted to build a real estate team. Um, and I answered a Craigslist ad. So uh, everyone wants this big, sexy story about how I got into real estate. And that was it. I was just looking for something different. So I came in as an executive assistant and I spent six and a half years um, alongside him building a pretty big real estate team. So we ended up, well, when I left the organization, we we're about 120 million in volume, 22 people and um, very profitable, which I'm most excited and passionate about. And uh, I did get my real estate license about six months in and I still hold it today. And from leaving the real estate team last August to now it being a year later, I decided to exit and launch my own coaching and consulting company. Uh, coaching and consulting was like a byproduct of what I was doing um, from running the real estate team, right? People were catching on to the success we were having and wanted to know more about that and be coached and have me teach in areas and organically fell in love with it. Uh, I'm a supporter and a business builder by nature. So I love now consulting and coaching agents through how to build really great profitable businesses and have that life by design that they're looking for. Yeah. Anyone can build a business, believe it or not. It's not that hard. <sighs> yeah. But a profitable one as a whole, a successful, yeah. we should act successful because you know, everyone's, everyone's level of success, everyone's definition of success is different. Yeah. And you know, I think when I think about building a successful and profitable business, those, those are pretty synonymous. Um, but there's a lot of people that get into this that have never run a business before. Mm -hmm. They've never been an entrepreneur. They've never been a small business. And whether you're joining a team or you're an individual agent, there are challenges that come along with running your own business. So in your over a year of just coaching and consulting, one thing, mm -hmm. but being on the team, seeing the struggles that they had and Two totally different markets now, right? I yeah. mean, the last two years were bananas. You know, 8, 10, 12, 12 years ago looked very different than mm -hmm. today does. So you've seen the evolution and the cycle that we've been through. Um, what do you think most new agents miss? What systems and processes 
do they just totally miss out on? They don't implement in their first year that if they just did some this system or that system or this process or that process would totally set them up for some success? Such a great question. The most important system, in my opinion, in business, particularly though in our industry, would be the mindset system. When people get into this industry and they decide now I'm going to build a business, right? We don't get our mindset around that. And so one of the most important questions I feel like you can ask yourself is who do I need to become to do this? And so a lot of people that enter into the industry, they've come from more of a corporate background and they have this employee mindset while they have this entrepreneurial spirit, maybe um, they've got this employee mindset. And because of that, they're not thinking systems and processes. The majority of them come from a place that had systems and processes. They never actually had to lead generate. They worked for someone who just provided leads for them. Right. Or they never actually had to have the operations infrastructure on the back end, the company they work for had to have it. So I think first of all, it's the mindset. Who do I need to become in order to do this thing? Well, now you're not only going to become a lead generator, you're going to become a lead follow-upper and you're going to become <laughs> the marketing person and you're going to become the administrator. You're going to become all of these things. And so having your mindset right as you enter into this, I think is extremely important. So at the end of, of your career as the CEO of that organization, um, you know, a number of years later, that team, even as good as their systems were, mm -hmm. as, as many processes as you had not just built, but mm -hmm. developed, because mm -hmm. building one and developing, I mean, you, you grow, we all grow to the, to the space that we ultimately want to fill here, right? But what do you think um, most experienced agents, most teams, most, what, you know, what processes, what systems are they missing or are they missing out on? Yeah. Um, so understanding the type of business model that you intend to run is extremely important. You know, I feel like one of the um, great perks of our industry and also could be one of the demises is that there is so much flexibility in what it is that we do. We can do anything we want with our business. So I think sometimes um, people want to they want to get creative. They want to or they want to create something some, from scratch, essentially. And understanding that there have been people that come before you. There's a model. I'm sure there's a model for what it is that you're looking for. Go find a model and then follow that. So I think that's probably level one. And then once you identify a model and a structure uh, or a way in which that you want to or run your organization, level two is being very clear on what your standards are. Mm. And so often that's missed. Um, I coach teams, I coach agents, I coach organizations all the time. And the commonality in all of them, I would say, is there's always this lack in accountability, standards and accountability, right? We're, all, we're like, we're coming up short or, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of burnout or there's a lot of excuse or there's not a lot of clarity around goals. Like all of these things come up. And yet when I dial it all back in, what I'm identifying is we're not very clear on what it is that we're doing. The vision hasn't been casted mm -hmm. in the way that it should. And that comes from the leader. Um, and so nobody really has true clarity on what they're doing or why they're doing it. Mm -hmm. So those people that I see struggle Usually that's at, uh, you know, at the head of what the problems are. Mm -hmm. Well, and I don't think a lot of people really have a, a formula or a track that they're following. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know a lot of individual agents have said, oh, I'm just going to get in this business and make some money. And then mm -hmm. five years goes by, they're running a team and they've got yeah. buyer's agents and listing agents and, you know, and admins and marketing people. And all of a sudden it's this massive organization that they never intended to build. Mm -hmm. 
um, but it came as a result of their success as an individual agent or, you know, a team or whatever. And so I love that. Well, let's, let's get a little more practical. Let's get a little more tactical as far as your experience as a coach and, and consultant, because you talk to agents every single day um, on a very large platform, mm-hmm. not just within Clubhouse and Instagram and, and, you know, your, your own social media following. But um, I know you've been helping agents uh, for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Pretty much pro bono, just, you know, giving it all away, if you will. But where do you feel like, um, you know, after a year or two, agents really missed the boat? Like, they've, they've, got, they've got some systems in place, but maybe they're not maximizing. Maybe they're not super profitable. Maybe they're not super productive, but you see them get stuck. Where do, where do agents get stuck after two or three years? Ah, oh, there's a, quite a few places, actually. <laughs> I would say the first one is... Um, you know, I've had some people say to me, like, I got into real estate because I was told I could make so much money and I wouldn't have to work a lot. And it's quite the opposite. <laughs> Anybody in this industry who's actually successful, they treat it like a business. Mm-hmm. And so what we know about successful people is that they have routines. They're disciplined. They follow a calendar. Yep. And what we also know is that success is boring. Mm-hmm. It is. It's the same stuff over and over again. And when you're on, you need to be on. And I think that that's probably one of the biggest mistakes is people are like, oh, I thought it was going to be one thing and it's really not. Because again, when we go back to the way I opened up this conversation with who do I need, the question, who do I need to become in order to do this thing? We weren't really thinking about the administrative stuff and we weren't really thinking about having an actual schedule. Heck, some people never used a calendar before they got into real estate. And so it's all of those simple things, the repetitive things that make you successful. Time on task over time will beat talent every time. Mm -hmm. So you can absolutely teach this skill, this trade, and yet where the really successful people come in is they're extremely disciplined. They know that they have to do their lead generation first and foremost. Why? Because it's the least fun thing to do, and it's the most dollar productive thing that we do, Mm -hmm. right? And so while creating your business card is probably fun, and that, you know, open house flyer on Canva is a lot more exciting, Mm -hmm. the reality is lead generation has to happen. And if we're not bringing in leads, then we don't have a business. I had... I had a mentor uh, of mine say this one time, and it was so true. Every day I wake up, and I don't have a job until I've set an appointment. Mm. And if more people thought that way in this industry, I mean, we'd have a lot more success than we do. So true. And, you know, just like we said earlier, the, the people that have no idea how to run a business get into this business and think it's like selling Sunset. It's like a million-dollar <laughs> listing. Like, it, it can't be that hard. They make it look so easy. And oh. it's, you know, the business just comes in, and that's a $300,000 commission they just made. Well, no. No. <laughs> And Absolutely even those guys, not. Even those guys have probably uh, beat this horse to death that they did not start there. I mean, you know, when I think about the big names on their shows and and the big followings that you see now, and the the coaching and the everything else that comes as a result, of years, years and years and years of failure after failure after failure. Yeah. Um, so I, I love that you shared that because I think there's not enough people saying that in our business. Yeah. There's not enough people alluding to the fact that it's hard. It's a grind mm-hmm. for a little while at least, right? Like no one walks in and 30 days later has closed their first deal and has a full pipeline of business, right? 
but I know you talk about it a lot. I'd love to hear, you know, again, kind of getting practical, tactical, the five things every real estate agent should be doing. Yes. Well, <laughs> and they are the five things that they should be doing because they are directly tied to dollars, right? If I'm doing these things, I'm making money. That's lead generation, lead follow-up, going on appointments, negotiating offers, and script practice and role play. It's so important, especially now, you know, we did business planning uh, clinic here earlier today and we were having conversations and I asked the question, you know, by a show of hands, who's had to have a price reduction conversation? (laughs) Some of them didn't even know what price reduction was because if you've been in the industry three years or less, you haven't had to do that. And so we forget about the script practice and role play getting good at what we're saying, understanding how to handle objections, understanding how to ask the right questions to identify motivation in a buyer or a seller. Because at the end of the day, like you're not going to convince anybody to buy a house or sell a house. All you're doing is asking really great questions to get the information you need in order to guide them to the best decision for them. That's what our job is. It's not to sell them anything. And so, so many people, they don't, they don't learn that skill. So... I always put a huge emphasis on script practice and role play because it is tied to production. Yeah. Well, and and if you've never heard those five activities before, hopefully this helps you go ahead and write those. Uh, rewind <laughs> two minutes, go back, listen to it again. Because I think, you know, and depending on the brokerage, depending on the office, depending on the leadership, you get some of this mm-hmm. or you get a piece of it, but you don't get it all. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, because of your background, not just as a coach, but also building a team, like you saw this firsthand, you saw mm-hmm. the failure, you saw the gaps, you saw the holes in a business mm-hmm. and you're like, we got to fill these things up before we start losing more money, before mm-hmm. we lose talent. I mean, you know, there's a lot that goes into everything that you did. So I really appreciate you sharing those, but Let's let's drill into those just a little bit more because again, I think people hear these things and are like, "Great lead gen." Well, lead gen's different. Mm-hmm. Go Google how to lead gen for real estate, and you'll get billions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and what I love to say to to newer agents, especially, is, "What do you like to do? Yeah. Like, where do you where do you spend your time already? You know, who are the people that you're around? Like, so so break down lead generation just just real quickly for us. How do you think about it? not just on a team, as an, individu- as an individual agent, how should we be thinking about lead generation, especially in a shifting market? Yeah, that's such a great question. And I think it's one that's not asked a lot. Um, this is my advice. When I'm talking to somebody, it's so much simpler and even easier at times for you to do stuff that you're already familiar with or that you already enjoy doing, right? My goal is not to, you know, get a new client or talk to someone who just got into the industry and go, now go do all these things that you hate doing or have never done before, right? (laughs) While I love to push people out of their comfort zone, the reality is like, if something has been working for you, like, let's see if that works. So what I always tell people is, First and foremost, we want to focus on our database. And the reason that we want to focus on our database is because we know that our database gives us the highest return on our investment. Mm -hmm. People who already know us, like us, and trust us are more likely to convert and continue to do business with us than someone who doesn't. Because we all know that it's about the way that you connect with people. And social media and everything else going on these days, you got to make that connection with someone. You decided to buy the pair of shoes while they were sparkly and pretty. It's because the person who was behind the ad or the message or something I connected with, mm-hmm. and that that actually led me to hit the purchase button. Yep. Same thing with picking an advisor, real estate agent, whatever. And so I like to talk about database. And so I've got people that tell me, well, Amanda, I don't have a database. And I don't care what you came from prior to real estate. Even if you were a stay-at-home wife or mom or whatever, 
you still have a list of names and phone numbers <laughs> in your uh, in your phone, right? Yeah, yeah. And so that is your database. Mm. And so step one is let's reach out to all those people and share the exciting news about what you've just done, which has got into real estate, right? Yeah. Yep. And then step two is we're going to ask them how they're doing and what's going on in their world. And we're going to start to rekindle those relationships or continue to build on those relationships if we've already made them. And so I, I will always tie everything back to database. However, what we so often forget with the database piece is, let's say we had 75 names or 100 names in that phone book. We can't forget that we have to continue to feed it. So we got to continue to go out there and meet new people. And that's where I believe your question really comes in and, and, and is important because now how do we go find new Mets to add to our database? Well, what do you like to do? Like if you love to play tennis, like I love to kayak. Or if you, you know, have a, an intramural team that you're playing on some type of sport or something, or you like to cook, or you're a member of a, I don't know, Home Depot, build your own stuff group, whatever that is, like go to those places, right, and meet new people. And then we're going to add them to our database. We're going to make sure that we have great contact information for them. And we're going to start building a relationship through periodic touches throughout the year to build on that. That's the best lead generation that you can do. Now, are there other things like FISBOs and expireds and open houses and all of those things? Sure. And yet what we know about those things is while they are, a lot of them are immediate business and it happens right now, it's a lot harder to convert mm -hmm. a stranger. It just is. Mm -hmm. So I would recommend, number one, making sure that you focus on database immediately. Number two, though, I would say don't have your eggs in one basket. I would have you know, we, when we were building the real estate team, in the beginning, we didn't really have too much of a database. So we were absolutely prospecting focused. So we were on the phones dialing, FISBOs and expireds and withdrawns and circle prospecting. We were door knocking. We were doing open houses. As simultaneously, we were building this database. Mm -hmm. And then at one point in the business, you saw the shift where we went from being prospecting focused to database focused and prospecting enhanced, yeah. right? Yeah. And so that, like, listen, we made a lot of mistakes. So that's how I would say do it is, is definitely focus on database first because we know ultimately that's going to be the long game. Mm -hmm. Well, and you've got it already. It's yeah. There. It's a tool. It's a resource yeah. that... You know, not many people start off on the twenty yard line. They start at the start, the starting line, right? Yeah. Like they, you know, and and to have that built in, because to your point, you, and I think this this confuses a lot of new agents, especially, because I was there. I was I was sitting in you know some of my post licensing, and someone was like, "Take out your phone and tell me how many numbers are, you know, how many contacts you have at the very bottom of your mm -hmm. Apple device, Android." I have no idea how it works for you guys, but <laughs> regardless, the same applies. And I remember having like ten thousand people in that database, and it was like, "Oh, this is amazing!" And the the the, per, the person that was teaching that class was like, "That's more than I've got," and I was like, "So I've got a great database. I'm gonna do tons of business. It's gonna be amazing." And the opposite happened. Yeah. Because you go, you don't just like you know saving money, just like any any other goal or uh, business thing, objective that you got. It doesn't happen by accident. No one wakes up and goes, saved a million dollars, uh, built a great business, and I just I have no idea how it happened. There were systems, there were processes, yep. there were sacrifices, there were things along the way that you that you made decisions on. And what's great about real estate, I think, for for all of our listeners too, is it's a combination of small decisions. Yeah. Like I think we build some of these things up, whether it's do I sponsor this or do I market with this tool or do I uh, do I build this system that may cost me several hundred or thousands mm -hmm. of dollars every year. Just small incremental decisions yeah. build a great business, right? 
So talk to us a little bit about, um, you know, systems from like a higher level. Obviously, we could get down into the weeds, you and I, yeah. pretty quickly <laughs> about, you know, what it looks like on a day-to-day. But thinking higher level, and, and you and I were kind of talking about this earlier, every quarter I'm going through a time audit. I'm looking mm-hmm. at my time. Where is my calendar? Mm-hmm. Or who, am I, who am I spending my time with? Uh, those those DIY groups and the, the places where I'm already spending time. Am I getting business from that? Is mm-hmm. Am I converting leads? Am I bringing business? Are transactions actually happening? As re- so I'm doing that quarterly. Is that enough? Should we be doing it more? Um, is this a once a year thing? Is it different for everyone? How do you feel about time audits and budget audits and just Looking back, because I know a lot of people go, I feel like I've been busy. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've been productive, but, yeah. you know, the numbers don't really show up or the goal doesn't get hit. I mean, how often should we be looking at these systems and processes? Yeah, so if you're just starting out with it, time audit is the best audit you can do. And it's um, not sexy at all. And a lot of people hate me for even suggesting this or making them do that. And every person that gets on the other side of this goes, oh, my gosh, I had no idea. And I did this personally. I was at a point where I kept being told I could do more. I just mm. know you could do more. I know you got it in you. And you. You seem like you're busy all the time, but I'm not real sure. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to track everything that I do. And when I got to the end, I did this for 14 days. And from the time I got into the office until the time I left the office. So if you're – and because remember, I was an employee mm-hmm. in the beginning. Yeah. If you're an agent, I would say from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed because mm-hmm. there's so much that you do. Literally woke up 4.30, got in the car to go to the gym, 5 o'clock. Five, six o'clock, done with my workout. Like, I want a time audit of everything. And I remember when I did this, I I was so blown away because I thought I did a lot. And then when I saw it on paper, I was like, holy moly, there are things that I didn't even realize <laughs> that I had forgotten that I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> number one. And number two, oh, my gosh, how much just – like, it, it's very interesting because it, I didn't have the skills – to time block the way that I do now, mm-hmm. or the skill set in time blocking the way that I do now. And I was time blocking like an hour, an hour and a half for email a day. When I did that time audit, I was spending four hours in email mm-hmm. because there was that much coming through. Yeah. And so like, what does a line item like that tell me? Mm-hmm. Well, it tells me that there's a lot of people emailing me and I got to find a, a more efficient way. If that many people need to reach me, there needs to be some type of filter, some type of track some type of some type of something that could be my front line mm-hmm. so that when emails are actually getting to me they're really only because I need to be handling them. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have had that clarity though had I not done the time audit. Right. And so when I do this with agents a lot, I'll find like they don't realize how much driving they're doing. Mm-hmm. How much driving they're doing just to put a sign in the yard. <laughs> and I'm like Depending on where you're at, because I do have a realtor friend in Savannah, and she's like, we don't have those here. (laughs) I'm like, you realize for the amount of time that you just drove for that sign and then back for that rider, you could hire a company to do it for $22. Mm -hmm. What? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And so, like, I understand in the beginning when you're starting out, it's a lot of sweat equity because we may not have the money. And at some point, by doing these exercises, you're going to have to go, this is not worth my dollar per hour rate anymore. Mm -hmm. So for someone starting out, definitely with that time audit. For someone who's been doing this regularly, I would 100% say quarterly minimum. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly. I would be looking at where is my time spent, where is my money spent, now, you should be looking at a profit and loss statement monthly, and you should be really looking to cut, like, we're going to sit down, review, and cut it by 10%, I would say minimum quarterly. Um, with the time audits, though, same thing, because where I'm spending my time and where I'm spending my money are the most important things. Yeah. Well, they tell and they a story. Also, yeah, and they success leaves clues, right? Especially yep. over the quarter. 
I love to look back at Q1 of 2020 versus Q1 of 2021 and go, what was happening geopolitically? What mm-hmm. was happening with the weather? Was it a warmer Q1? Was it a cooler? I mean, there's, there's, you know, and I think we discount this stuff sometimes too, that there's things that we can control within our business. And mm-hmm. you just mentioned it, your time and your money, where you spend your money, where you spend your time is really all you have control over in mm-hmm. this business. Right now, there are clients that take more time. There are clients that take less time. There are yeah. clients that require more marketing dollars and more money, and then there are less. So, um, I love that you mentioned quarterly, and I feel like that's just enough that every ninety days, it doesn't take a ton of time. Mm-mm. I mean, it might take you an hour or two if you got a big team. It may take a day to go mm-hmm. through all the transactions and you know really audit what worked, what didn't work, mm-hmm. how is the market moving because that's. I mean, that's constantly a moving target for us anyway. Mm-hmm. So uh, I love that you mentioned that. Well, so if someone is is like, my man, I love what you said. I think I need more systems, but just like everything in real estate, it's overwhelming. Yeah. It's too big. We built it up too much in our mind. Where's the simple place for us to start with the time audit and the budget? And Because again, to me, I'm thinking, you want me to go through all my credit cards and look at all the transactions and the money coming in and the money going out. And then you want me to simplify and summarize and everything else. But where's the easiest place and the two or three things that you would say, if you don't do anything else, Yeah. these two or three things will set your business up from a systems and processes standpoint in 2023? Such a great question. So I would say first with the time audit, because there are so many people that go, I think, and I don't want you to think. I actually want to see the data. This is where my C goes through the roof, right? <laughs> I need to see the data because guessing doesn't help us. Mm-hmm. So time audit is step number one. And from that time audit, so I had six pages over the course of 14 days. This And, and this is how I did it. I put a timestamp next to what, so it would be like 7.30, checked email. Eight o'clock, did the next thing. And then nine o'clock did the next thing. And then every time I went back to that thing, I would put a tally next to it because I wanted to know how many times I was revisiting it. Mm. And this is step one to getting clarity because I don't know. I mean, aside from you need a CRM Mm -hmm. and you need a checking account. Like if we want to get now purposeful, Mm -hmm. not general, super purposeful, we have to know where we're spending our time. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm spending my time, so much time in email, just back and forth with people trying to schedule appointments, perhaps this is a great opportunity for me to grab Calendly for $12.99, have one link that I can send to people. And guess what? They can go ham on my calendar Mm -hmm. because I set the parameters. How much time will that save me on going back and forth in appointments? Or, you know what? I keep getting the same questions over and over and over again from the buyers that I work with Mm -hmm. because maybe I'm working with inexperienced buyers, first-time home buyers. So instead of getting those questions that I know suck up my time over and over again, what if I shot some videos on those questions? And then as a follow-up to my buyer consult, I said, oh, by the way, watch this video because these are frequently asked questions from first-time homebuyers. How many calls would that cut down on? Mm-hmm. Or And this is what we gather from that time audit. So that definitely. And then as you get more advanced and more experienced in this, I'm always looking at efficiency, right? So this step took me to, or this process took me 10 steps. How do I get it to seven? This process took me 30 minutes. How do I get it to 20? And by, by reviewing these things on a, I would start monthly until you get to a point where you're like, wow, I'm doing this so much. I'm really lean and mean. Great. Let's move it to quarterly. Yeah. And when you're reviewing it like that, 
you it, you start this process, you keep the momentum going with it, and then you don't have to guess where you need the next system or where you need the next tool. You're going to know when you need that piece of leverage because mm -hmm. at this point you start to see your calendar is getting wonky again. Oh my gosh, I don't have enough hours in the day. And because I'm tracking this stuff, I can see, you know what, now it's time for a runner mm -hmm. to go install those signs or to go get those documents signed for me or whatever it is. Yeah. I had a, I, I did a class a few years back and the instructor of that class said, you know, back to the point earlier, he said, if when you met somebody, you couldn't exchange words at all, all you did was provide a copy of your calendar and your bank statement, what story would it tell about you? Mm -hmm. And that hit me so hard because at yeah. that time I was very ashamed of both what my <laughs> calendar and my bank statement would say about me. Yeah. And so if you ran your world around that, what story does it tell about you? coupled with understanding what your dollar per hour rate is. There are some of you that are worth five, six, $700 an hour, and yet you're still spending time doing $10 an hour work. And you get clarity around that when you do things like a time audit and a P&L audit. Mm -hmm. I love that. And you're, you're so right, because that was one thing that uh, you and I went through about a year ago, and we, we really sat down and went, mm -hmm. where is the money coming from? Where is it going? It seems like only the names are changing here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, really what happened as a result of the activities and the time that I spent and is that time, you know, in the beginning when you have time but you have mm -hmm. no money, you're like, I just, I do it all. Mm -hmm. We're gritty. <laughs> We're going to hustle our face off. And then you have some success. You get some money. You're able to leverage a little bit of your business out. And then, of course, the inverse happens. You got all this money in no time. Mm -hmm. So then you just start hiring leverage and getting the, you got your VA and your EA and your ETA. And, you know, it all starts to really uh, um, take on a whole different life. Um, and so I, I love the fact that you mentioned that because the other thing that I found in this, and, and you kind of touched on it there, is that when, when this itself becomes a system, mm -hmm. when the audit becomes a system, not for the audit's sake, but for the sake of your mind, like what you focus on expands, right? Mm -hmm. So when you start reviewing this three, four, five times a year or once a month in the case of the, the P&L, now it's a system. Mm -hmm. Now you're checking. And we all know that whatever is we focus on expands, but also when you're paying attention to it, you see something wonky for a month or a quarter and you're like, man, what happened? Th oh, that's when interest rates were 7%. Yes. <laughs> and we couldn't get one buyer on the phone. <laughs> Or, or fill in the blank, right? Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, or you look and you go, oh my God. Like when you're looking at your P&L every single month and that what should be a reoccurring charge is spikes, you're like, what? it causes you to ask a question. Mm -hmm. Now, just because it's a red flag doesn't mean it's going to be a bad thing. Right. It's just now you know where to ask questions in your business because yeah. so often we're flying blind in that regard. So, oh my gosh, why was it 300 more this month? Oh, because we're renewing it and it's that's the <laughs> renewal fee. Got it, understand, move yep. on to the next thing. Um, so yeah, I think that's so important that that you look at those things regularly and you go back and inspect them. And it's, it just has to be small little changes. Eventually, though, you're going to get to a point where, and you said it, uh, you kind of said it, and it's essentially in the beginning you have time and the time that you're putting into it is what's going to get you the money. And then you eventually get to a point where the money now has the opportunity to buy you back your time. And that's where we look for leverage, right? Mm -hmm. So I love that. Yeah. Well, and kind of in closing this this subject out, and I, I can't thank you enough for taking the time and, and uh, 
sitting down with us and talking about this because I know you're probably going to get a ton of Instagram DMs and emails and <laughs> hits to the website and stuff about this. But, you know, I think this is one thing that we, you and I have spent a lot of time talking about, which is it sounds so counterintuitive, but in order to speed up more than we have already, right, we're running a race, but in order to take it to the next level, in order to pick up the pace, we actually have to slow down. Yeah. We got to inspect, we got to expect, we got to change, we got to change our whole mindset around this and then we're able to go faster, farther, right? Yeah. Um, so I love that. Well, uh, if you've got any resources, if people are like, Amanda, you're preaching to me. I love what you're saying. Uh, resources, podcast books, what would be the next step if someone's like, I love what Amanda's talking about, not just how do they connect with you, but also are there any podcast resources, books that you would refer to people um, to kind of continue this conversation? Yeah, so the best blueprint that I've come across for how to build a business that's going to net you some serious money, in this case, it's a million dollars, and yet whatever that number is for you is the Millionaire Real Estate Agent. So if you haven't picked up that book, I would highly recommend you pick it up. I would also highly recommend just as much that you read Cashflow Quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki. You need to understand the mindset that you're in. And a lot of you find yourself, you call yourself business owners, and I would argue you're definitely still self-employed. Right now you own a job. A business owner owns a system, right? And so those are two really great books. Um, And then I would definitely say uh, do the time audit. If you don't take anything else from this podcast, just do that time audit for 14 days. It's going to be tedious. Do it in a notepad in your phone. Take a journal around with you, whatever it is. And at the end of that, Really look back and go, where am I spending my time? Where am I spending my money? Because I think it's going to be a shock to a lot of people. Yeah. No, it, it was to me. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, and I think you're right. It seems like, well, I'm super productive until we see the activity. And you're like, oh, I didn't make as many calls as I thought. I, I didn't send as many emails as I thought. I, I didn't. I spent more money than I thought. Of course you did because you weren't paying attention. Yeah. Um, and I remember, I remember being there. So thank you so much uh, for being here, for doing this. We really appreciate it. Know that it's going to add a ton of value for the listeners here in Atlanta. Um, and uh, that was our episode, the Atlanta Realtors Rundown. We really appreciate you joining us. If you have not yet subscribed, if you have not yet uh, listened to the other episodes that we have here, we cover everything as it relates to Atlanta real estate. We really, really appreciate you. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and we will see you soon. Thank you for tuning in to the Atlanta Realtors Rundown. Please subscribe. And for more information on how to get engaged, check us out at atlantarealtors.com. We look forward to having you join us for the next episode.